Hello and welcome to this, the twelfth episode in this series of podcasts as I continue to tell my story of the Reverend Sabine Beringold and his folk song collecting in Devon. In the previous podcast I mentioned the difference I had found in the musical makeup of the tunes that accompanied some of the songs I sing that Sabine had collected. He too had found this as I had, when comparing the same songs to those collected in other counties. Sabine went as far as to say that in his opinion it was caused by a long past Celtic influence. Hard to agree with, I hear you say? Hmm, well in this episode I will explore the facts that will give credence to this idea that the tunes that he thought had a difference could well be of Celtic origin. But first let's take a brief look at some English history from the Saxon era to get an idea of how this may be possible. Bear with me, it's a very short history lesson. After the Romans left Britain, it was the Saxons who lorded it over the ancient Britons. In time, the Saxons in the south of England pushed the people, the Celts, ever westwards along the English Channel coast as far as Devon, the land then known as Dunmonia, the land of the Celts. As we know it today, Devon and Cornwall. Then, in the late 9th century, the Saxon king Athelstan made a final push of the Celts out of Devon further westwards across the river Tamar into what is today Cornwall. Was the problem solved, the unwanted Celts over the Tamar? Hmm, well not quite, folks. Some of them may not have actually left Devon. So did the Celts who remained behind in Devon just over 1100 years ago hold the key to Sabine's belief that the tunes he found to some of the songs stretched back that far? Why not, I ask? The Celts who were pushed over the Tamar were now penned into what must have been a rather crowded Cornwall. Maybe not all of them liked pasties or having to go fishing to make a living. So some of them migrated to other lands of the Celts. Across to Ireland, north into Wales, maybe further on up into Scotland. Some went across the Channel and ended up in Brittany. As this division of the Celts was made, those who migrated took their music with them and those who stayed either side of the Tamar, in Dunmonia, I assume, kept it. Somehow, Sabine must have sensed or felt the presence of the Celt's musical presence from the past as he wrote the following, in the first paragraph of the introduction of the 1892 full volume of Songs of the West. And he wrote, Wherever Celtic blood flows, there it carries with it a love of music, a musical creativeness. Scotland, Wales, Ireland, Brittany, have their national melodies. It seemed to me incredible that the west of England, the old kingdom of Dunmonia, Devon and Cornwall, where the Celtic element is so strong, should be void of folk music. Directly the Devon River X is crossed, we come into a different musical deposit. I do not say different in kind, for music was the same everywhere, in certain epochs, and where certain instruments were in use. Part of the following quote was used in the introduction to podcast 11, so you may well recognise it. And it's where Sabine continues to write. For instance, a harp tune was of the same character in Ireland, in Wales, in Cornwall, in Scotland and in France. And a bagpipe tune or a hornpipe tune had the same character everywhere. 
But what I find is that songs and ballads sung to their traditional melodies in Somerset, Sussex, Yorkshire and Northumberland are sung to quite independent airs on Dartmoor and in Cornwall. How is this? Because the same process went on in the far west of England as in Scotland, the Celtic tongue retrograded and finally expired in Cornwall. Here we must pause for a little Cornish history to give a better explanation of Sabine's last sentence. In fact, what Sabine calls retrograde was a gradual erosion of the Cornish language as the Celts of Cornwall experienced a non-violent invasion by their neighbours, the English, from the eastern side of the Tamar River. It would take around 800 years for the Cornish to completely lose their language to that of the incoming English. There is the likelihood that some of the Cornish people may have been dual speakers, which would account for song lyrics being altered from the Cornish Celt into English. As Sabine wrote, continuing on from this short pause, Then English ballads and songs found their way into Cornwall, as they found their way into Scotland and Ireland, and were set to already familiar melodies, thenceforth dissociated from their no longer understood words. Take an instance. There is a Welsh song on the pleasures of the bottle. I'm sorry, folks, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. Now, precisely the same melody was sung in Cornwall, almost certainly to words of a light nature. Where the Cornish tongue ceased to be spoken, then this melody was applied to a broadside drinking song, Fathom the Bowl. But Fathom the Bowl has everywhere else its own traditional air. And this is Fathom the Bowl, with John Tidball joining me in the choruses, he is the producer of this series. Come all you old minstrels, wherever you be, With comrades united in sweet harmony, Whilst the clear crystal fountain through England shall roll. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. Let nothing but harmony reign in your breast. Let comrade with comrade be ever at rest. We'll toss off our bumper, together we'll troll. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. From France we do get brandy, from Jamaica comes rum. Sweet oranges and lemons from Portugal come. Of beer and strong cider we'll also take toll. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. 
Our brothers lie drowned in the depths of the sea. Cold stones for their pillows, what matters to me? We'll drink to their healths and repose to each soul. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. Our wives they do fluster as much as they please. Let them scold, let them grumble, we'll sit at our ease. In the ends of our pipes we'll supply a hot coal. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. I'll fathom the bowl. Give me the punch ladle, I'll fathom the bowl. This chorus song has been a favourite with folk audiences in clubs and sing-arounds for many years, and still is. Sabine and Fleetwood Shepherd took it down from Robert Hard of South Brent in the autumn of 1888. It is friends that are the make-up of much of the English folk song following today. We may not know each other, but many of us have been around since the 1960s, and we share the boom of interest that we were part of back then in the traditional folk songs of England often referred to as the Second English Folk Song Revival. So put a group of us folks together from days gone by and we reminisce of the days when many of us started to sing in the folk clubs, which sadly are nowhere near in number today what they were back then. But today there are folk festivals that are well supported by, as you guessed, many performers and audience alike from the 1960s who are now well and truly into their 60s and years beyond. Over time, many of us have taken our interest in the songs we sing and conducted research projects into the songs and the singers and their music, and like myself, into the study of specific song collectors, as in my case, the Reverend Sabine Baring Gould. Recently, I was at Halsey Manor Folk Arts Centre in Crocombe, Somerset for a weekend of workshops and song sessions. Ah, and sing we did. As well as many singing sessions, there was a choice of the following workshops. The sea shanties from the 19th century Somerset shantyman John Short from the harbour town of Watchet, given by Keith Kendrick and Sylvia Needham. There was the chance to learn a Christmas carol from Somerset with tutor Alison Frosdick. And an interesting insight for many of us into the pros and cons of musical accompaniment to songs by Jeff and Elaine Gillett. The hosts of Give Voice, as this weekend is called, were Bob and Jill Berry, a well-known and much-respected and appreciated couple who have been present on the national English folk music scene since the early 1980s. There is much to tell about this lovely couple, who have formed bands, run folk clubs over the years, and were the organisers of Chippenham Folk Festival. For more information about what they have done and what they do now, why not visit their website, bobandjillberry.com. And Jill is with a G, folks. You may be wondering what all this information about Bob and Jill 
and their Give Voice weekend at Halsey Manor has anything to do with this podcast about the folk songs collected by the Reverend Sabine Barry Gold. Well, very simply, it's a chorus song from the Reverend Gentleman's collection, Is The Connection. With almost 50 great singers in the main hall of Halsey Manor on that sunny afternoon of the 29th of October last, it was too good an opportunity for me to miss the chance to record this song with some very well-sung chorus participation from those present. This is the song, Adieu to Old England. Once I could ride in my coach With horses to draw me along But now I'm in stirrup, in stirrup so strong I know not the way I can turn Is it you to Old England adieu? Is it you to some thousands of pounds? If the world had been done, and my life had been done, my troubles would then have had bounds. Once I could eat of the best, the best of good bread only white. But now I'm thankful, I trust, of a dry barley crust, and thankful to have it to bite. Is it due to all England adieu? Is it due to some thousands of pounds? If the world had been done, and my life had been gone, my troubles would then have had bounds. Once I could drink of the best, the best of ale, humming and brown. But now I am glad here's some water be had that floweth from town unto town. Here's due to all England The song is from the singing of William Friend of the village of Lidford, taken down in 1889. It is a song from the time of transportation to the colonies, depicting the consequences of the unfortunates who lost their wealth. My thanks to Bob and Jill for making the recording possible, 
and to my fellow participants for providing the chorus as I sang the song. In podcast number 10, I mentioned how far across the globe my tales about Sabine song collecting had spread. Not surprising, perhaps the largest number following the series are from the seaside town of Bude, close to where I live in Devon, on the northern border of Devon and Cornwall. I am a volunteer at the Museum and Heritage Centre at Bude Castle. Visitors to the castle are most supportive of this series, so a mention of thanks to just a few of them. Terry and Joe, Jan, who like me remembers the folk clubs back in the 1960s, and her daughter Helen. Janine, the castle's heritage manager, and not forgetting Sue, an archivist at the castle, who remembers the folk clubs of Brum back in her student days there. So if you enjoy these podcasts, please, as my followers from Bude and its castle do, why not follow me on Facebook and spread the word among your friends and family. What do you think of the Celtic connections I've talked about in this episode that Sabine suggested having some of the songs he collected? I certainly have sensed and felt what I call a difference in the makeup of the tunes and referred to them as being unique to Devon and Cornwall. What do you think of this idea? Should you wish to comment on this or have any questions about the subjects I have raised in this podcast, please contact me on the Outlook email, which is theparsonandthesongmen at outlook.com or leave a comment on my Facebook page, The Parson and the Songmen. And finally, if you live in Devon, perhaps close to Newton Abbott, tickets are now on sale for my first concert in January at Denbury Church in Devon. For concert ticket sales and more information, email imwdavy at gmail.com. And Davy is D-A-V-E-Y. This has been the 12th episode in this podcast series, The Parson and the Songman. It was produced by John Tidball. Thank you very much for listening. I am Mike Bosworth. Until next time, bye-bye.